I'm just going to share briefly this morning. Um, you know, hopefully this message can help remove some stress that Christmas Day brings, particularly if you've got people uh, coming to your home. You know, it can be quite a stressful thing, making sure that the food's cooked properly, there's enough food for the people that are coming, that, you know, no one's missed out on a gift, all of those things. You know, there's so much stress. And I believe that one of the key attitudes of Christmas is joy. Now, when I said that word, who internally or externally cringed when I said joy? Because I, I think sometimes we can look at joy with frustration or we wave it off as a, as a Christian thing to say or, or to do or think, oh, what even is joy? You know, the thing is, it's a super important attitude we need to understand and utilize, particularly at Christmas. So let's pray. Father God, we just pray that you would show us what joy is and how we can help others to experience joy this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. So I looked it up. You know, I like the dictionary. I like words. So I looked up the definition of joy, and it says, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. You know, and I know that this says that it's a feeling, which it is, but I believe that we can choose to have an attitude of joy in different situations, whether they're good, bad, hard, easy. But we can also choose to not rob people of their joy. And this second one is one I had to wrestle with last night and is the cause of this very message. So last night, Em and I were lucky enough to get tickets to go to the Carols by Candlelight at the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, to Em, you know, she's grown up watching it for, for years and years, and this is the first time that she's been able to go. First time I have as well, but for me, it's just like, okay, there's people on a stage singing. That's cool. Um, you know, but for Em, there was just a whole bunch of joy. And so for me, particularly before it all started and watching the, the pre-entertainment, I'm kind of sitting there going, okay, how much longer do we have to sit through this? Um, not, not because I'm a Grinch, not because I'm a Grinch, but just because that's not my, I'm saying just a little bit, hey, I wore the Santa, like the Santa shirt this morning, so. Um, but the point is like, M was full of joy and I had to sit there and wrestle with, do I show that I'm, a little bit disinterested or do I actually support her in this joy? Do I actually make the choice to engage with it for M's sake? And hopefully I did that okay. I did good? Okay. Well, that's the main thing. But you know, what last night taught me, and this is my point this morning, is that Christmas isn't about us. And by the us, I mean the internal individual us. Christmas isn't about me. It's not about you as an individual. Christmas is about all of us together. It's not an individual thing. You know, I mean, sure, we love the presents that we receive for us. We love the food that is prepared and spread out before each and every one of us. But we can't lose sight of the fact that this holiday and this celebration isn't about us individually in any way 
And so we shouldn't focus on what we like, but bringing joy to others. You know, I think it's something that we can lose sight of sometimes. We get in our own little, our own little bubble and we focus on just ourselves. But this is the time of year where it's about hope. It's about joy. It's about celebrating and being together. It's about the smiles on, on faces. You know, we don't have kids yet, but I remember, um, you know, last year the gifts that my one and two-year-old nephews received and just the smiles on their faces. And so parents, I'm sure you can relate to that, the, the smiles on your kids' faces as they, they open their presents and they, they just get around family and celebrate. You know, it's an amazing thing. You know, we all have our Christmas traditions and eccentricities. And so if one person wants to do all the cooking, let them. That's a pretty cool blessing, hey? You know, if someone wants to get everyone in the family gifts, not just their designated person, if that's what your family does, let them do that. You know, these things and many others bring joy to others. Let's not rob them of that joy, amen? You know, true Christmas joy is the smiles on people's faces as they are surrounded by loved ones. It's celebrating together. It's putting others above ourselves. I don't know about you, but it feels much more rewarding and joyous to put a smile on someone's face rather than putting one on my own at somebody else's expense, hey? You know, I think about yesterday um, at our Cheltenham campus, there was a Christmas lunch, which we do every year, which 300 people in the community who may be alone at Christmas or may not have the means to actually have a Christmas lunch, they come in and there's a free three-course Christmas feast that they're presented with. And I, I had a look on social media, some of the guests, and they were, were posting on there and just, they didn't have the words to convey the joy that they felt in being a part of that. You know, and every year as a church, we, we like to those in our community that have done it tough, we put together some hampers and distribute those to the people and the joy that you see in their face, the joy you hear in their voice. You know, those are the things that Christmas is about. You know, and we celebrate that because of Jesus and what he did. And he set the example in bringing joy to others. So I just want to quickly read um, a, a couple of passages of the Bible that talk about his birth. So if you've got a Bible, uh, I'm going to start at Luke chapter 2 and pick it up from verse 1. And so it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, who's Jesus' father, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. Uh, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In Matthew chapter 2, there's a, there's a different perspective uh, that is told, and that's three magi, or three wise men. And they saw a star in the sky. And so in verse 9, it says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, I wanted to read those two accounts as they focus on different groups of people. And I think that we can learn some lessons in joy at this time of year from both. You know, we refer to Jesus as a king. And a king, you'd probably expect to be born in a palace and to have some servants. Not in an animal's feeding trough coming to serve the world he created. But hey, that trough turned into a king-sized bed. You know, and as we unpack joy, let's look at the guests at this, at this scene, the first Christmas, and the importance of their joy. You know, so it starts with the shepherds. They're just out in the field tending their flock, and then next, next minute, an angel comes out of nowhere. I don't know about you, but my first, my first reaction would be, what's going on? Have I not slept enough? You know, but... In hearing, that, in hearing what the angel has to say, there's, there's this anticipation, there's a joy. Being Israelites, they would have grown up hearing the, the prophecies and the, the expectation of a coming saviour to save their people. And so hearing this, they're like, yes, okay, this is, this is really exciting. We need to go and do this. You know, there would have been this sense of anticipation. You know, I kind of relate this to the first sips of water after a run or playing sport, you know, once a cake finishes baking and you actually get to eat it. The feeling of your bed after a long day at work. When the final siren goes, when your team wins the grand final after a long time. Saints and D's fans, that'll come soon, I'm sure. You know, they grew up hearing of this coming saviour. And finally, he's here. Put yourselves in their shoes. How overwhelming 
that joy and that feeling of happiness and excitement would be. You know, then we go to the wise men or the the magi, the wonder, the curiosity that they would have had in seeing this star in the sky and hearing what Herod had to say about it. I imagine it would be like little kids discovering a, a new skill, whether it's they find the TV remote and they say, oh, you push that, this goes on or this goes off, you know, discovering for the first time, oh, I can climb on this, I can push stuff over, you know. They are full of joy and wonder at that point. And I imagine that the, the Magi would have been the same. You know, and, and both of these examples, it pushed them outside of their comfort zone to show this joy and to experience this joy. I mean, the shepherds get up and they take their flock with them. And instead of staying in the fields, they trek to a, to a town. And then the Magi aren't from this area. And so they just decide we're going to follow a star in the sky. Like sometimes joy is something worth chasing after and being a part of and going outside of your comfort zone to bring joy and to show joy and to live with that joy. You know, then there's Mary and Joseph. You know, I love that it says when Mary saw and heard all of this, she, she stopped and she considered it and she thought about it. You know, there would have been joy at the fulfillment of the promise of God that was spoken to her. And I imagine for this carpenter and his soon-to-be wife that there might be joy too for being a part of something pretty amazing and pretty important. And then we get to Jesus. He came to serve others, to seek and save the lost, to be the example for all of us. He exemplifies that this season and every season are more than just for ourselves. He came as fully God and fully man to show the love of God to all of humanity, no matter our past or who we are or what we've done. He came for each and every one of us. He shows us his love and offers a second chance. And that's something that we can take joy in. At Christmas, we honour Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. Even as a baby, there was a plan for him. And that was to set the example for humanity to follow. You know, he he talks about in his Gospels. He says, there's two things I say to you. Love God and love people. And this is an amazing time of year in that it naturally just brings groups of people together and, you know, I know being with family sometimes, you can't, cho- you can't choose your family. You're born into a family. And so there are sometimes people in your family who you may struggle with or you don't completely get along with the same as some others. But that's our opportunity to extend joy, to be happy, to, to show that, to, to ask them what's making them happy, to ask them what's going on in their world, to not rob the joy from everybody else in that moment. You know, he also brought us a a second chance at true life and redemption. His life pointed to the Father, the, the Creator, and his great love for each and every one of us. Jesus' death as his human form in his body was a sacrifice for all of us. And if we accept this, 
and we turn back to Him, we have redemption and reconciliation and forgiveness. We have that joy that it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter how stressful it is. We have that joy that is bigger than everything else. So this time of year, we celebrate Jesus. But we also choose to live with that joy. Well, at least that's something that I want to try and take into it, is, is I want to live as a joyous person and I don't want to rob other people of their joy. Regardless of what the year has been like, this time of year we should choose kindness, togetherness, love and joy. Not for our sake, but for the sake of those around us. And we get those from Jesus, whose love transforms us. So today and all days, but today in particular, choose to be joyful. Don't rob someone's joy. And put others first. Let's pray.